0: Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, a brief history of one of the most famous pizzas on the internet. Surgeons have successfully transplanted a kidney from a genetically altered pig to a human. And how to watch the Orionid meteor shower this week if the big ol' full moon doesn't get in your way. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. So a history PhD candidate focusing on the history of labor and social movements in the US tweeted yesterday about the anniversary of a very significant event in our world's history, the day that none pizza with left beef was first posted to the internet, October 19th, 2007. Has it really been 14 years already? When Nun Pizza with Left Beef first graced our screens, we were still mostly texting in T9. The iPhone had only just come out. There were only three Fast and Furious movies, and Uber wasn't even a thing. It was a simpler time. Now, if you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, buckle up, because we're about to dive into the history of the meme. And if you are familiar, well, I hope this stroll down memory lane, like an order of fluffy hand-tossed dough topped with loose chunks of meat, is both entertaining and a little surprising. So, none pizza with left beef refers to two joined images, a screenshot of someone's online Domino's order, and the resulting pizza. The ordering form in the screenshot lists all possible toppings you could have on a pizza, as well as cheese and sauce, with options for whole, left, right, or none. So, like, if you want pepperoni but your friend wants olives, you get half and half. It's a pretty familiar choice to us these days, but the novelty of inputting that so clearly in a form instead of shouting it over the phone and feeling like a jerk for asking for such a special thing was still new to a lot of us at the time. In the images, the original poster has ticked none for everything, including none for cheese and none for sauce, except that he did tick left for beef. And the photo of the resulting pizza shows just that. A bulging pie of cooked pizza dough, half-heartedly divided into four quadrant slices, and some vaguely ball-shaped hunks of beef thrown loosely on top. Literally just thrown on top. No cheese or sauce to help it stick together, having fallen around during delivery, but you know, clearly having been intended to stay on the directed left side. Since the images were first posted on the blog The Sneeze in 2007, they've periodically popped up all over the internet, especially on image sites like Tumblr, which launched that same year, where Nun Pizza with Left Beef essentially became shorthand for in-group internet humor during what I would say was peak Tumblr in about 2014. These days, you can even buy a necklace of it on Etsy, something I was given as a gift years ago. In 2019, someone dressed as the sexy version of Nun Pizza with Left Beef for Halloween, a costume that surely would have gotten at least an honorable mention at the annual Halloween party that used to be thrown by NYC's Internet Arati. None Pizza with Left Beef spun into countless attempts by others to replicate the chaos with what Know Your Meme categorizes as special delivery instructions. Ordering online with instructions to draw something, slice the pizza in a strange way, or request an even weirder combination of toppings than none pizza with left beef. Some went a little viral, but none managed the staying power of none pizza with left beef. I think the appeal lies in the absolute absurdity of it. Online ordering for food was still fairly uncommon back in 2007, so the idea that you might accidentally or on purpose order a pizza without any cheese or really struck people. That the pizza place actually made what you requested instead of calling to confirm your weird directions was both unbelievably funny and I think hit on a little prick of fear some felt as more of our world became run through online forms and less through conversations with actual humans. Fear and also joy. No more talking to humans, and look at the mischievous ways you can push the envelope when you don't have to be embarrassed explaining yourself to a fellow human. It was also a funny phrase, none pizza with left beef. The original blogger really struck gold with the way he described it, succinct yet mysterious, none pizza with left beef. To quote the great Paul Yosemite Bear Vasquez, What does it mean? Back in 2017, for the 10-year anniversary of the meme, the original poster, Steve Malaro, spoke to a number of media outlets to share Nun Pizza with Left Beef's humble origins and everything that has happened since. Now, I don't know if some people who encountered the meme ever thought that it was an accident, but rest assured, it was not at all an accident. Malaro had been messing around with all of Domino's online topping options for a bit, and in a blog post titled The Great Pizza Orientation Test, he decided to test its limits. He told The Intelligencer in 2017 that part of his amusement with the system was that instead of just saying that you wanted half of a topping, you know, half and half, half pepperoni, half olives, it made you specify left or right. So, in addition to the infamous nun pizza with left beef, in that same order, he also asked for a pizza with pepperoni on the left and mushrooms on the right, and was subsequently disappointed when it arrived, and when opening the pizza box towards you in the normal way, the sides were reversed. They'd gotten it wrong. Never mind that he could've just turned it, it was the principle of the matter. As for the non-pizza-with-left-beef order, he says he did it, quote, just to be a dick. In the original post, he seems more upset that some of the beef chunks shifted from the left side of the pie than at all surprised that they actually followed his instructions to a T. And by the way, it was just a six-inch wee individual pizza, something you can't quite tell from the photo, and his wife ate the whole thing. Quoting the Intelligencer, So Nun Pizza with Left Beef lives on, a monument to humanity's achievement and hubris. But the Nun Pizza with Left Beef is also, for now, a perfect troll. A Mobius strip of nonsense that affects everyone it touches. Sure, you get to troll the person tasked with constructing your awful pizza, but in the end, you pay for it and eat it. At the very least, you allow it into your home or office, tainting the space in some intangible way. You are using powerful, optimized technology for the dumbest possible reason, at once breaking a system and having it work exactly as intended. We've spent so long asking ourselves if we could make none pizza with left beef that we forgot to ask ask if we should, end quote. And when asked by the Intelligencer if Nun Pizza with Left Beef is his legacy, Malaro told them, quote, I do have two teenagers I'm proud of, but they can be surly and ignore me a lot, so Nun Pizza with Left Beef may be my legacy end quote. But the Intelligencer failed to mention something else about Malaro. He's an Emmy-nominated comedy writer and TV producer who's worked on Drake and Josh, The Amanda Show, All That, iCarly, The Big Bang Theory, and is the co-creator of Young Sheldon. That's right, the person responsible for both Young Sheldon and Nun Pizza with Left Beef is the same man. I'll let you come to your own opinions about that and just leave you with this. Since 2007, Domino's website has changed to separate out cheese and sauce selections from the rest of the toppings, but you can still order no sauce and or no cheese. It just has a little pop-up now when you do, asking you to confirm if you would like to remove both cheese and sauce from the pizza. And honestly, that modest UX update might be the real legacy. Well, a new development in science is one in which scientists have asked repeatedly if we should, and honestly, the jury is still out a bit, but teams are forging ahead in certain ways because the benefits so far would outweigh some of the concerns. It has been announced that surgeons at NYU Langone Hospital have successfully transplanted a kidney from a pig to a human. Temporarily, anyways. Quoting the Associated Press. Scientists temporarily attached a pig's kidney to a human body and watched it begin to work, a small step in the decades-long quest to one day use animal organs for life-saving transplants. Pigs have been the most recent research focus to address the organ shortage, but among the hurdles, a sugar in pig cells foreign to the human body causes immediate organ rejection. The kidney for this experiment came from a gene-edited animal, engineered to eliminate that sugar and avoid an immune system attack. Surgeons attached the pig kidney to a pair of large blood vessels outside the body of a deceased recipient so they could observe it for two days. The kidney did what it was supposed to do, filter waste and produce urine, and didn't trigger rejection, end quote. As the deceased patient was only observed for about 54 hours, long-term viability and effects are unknown. The achievement has not yet been peer-reviewed or published, but often major milestones like this are delivered to the press ahead of publication because word starts leaking out. And just an ethical note on the patient, she was an organ donor whose organs weren't deemed suitable for the typical donation method, so her family agreed to allow this experiment, knowing how valuable it could be to medicine. Quoting from the New York Times, Reactions to the news among transplantation experts ranged from cautiously optimistic to wildly effusive, though all acknowledged the procedure represented a sea change. The prospect of raising pigs in order to harvest their organs for humans is bound to raise questions about animal welfare and exploitation, though an estimated 100 million pigs already are killed in the United States each year for food. While some surgeons speculated that it could be just months before genetically engineered pigs' kidneys are transplanted into living human beings, others said there was still much work to be done. End quote. And from the Washington Post, quote, The dream of animal-to-human transplants or xenotransplantation goes back to the 17th century with stumbling attempts to use animal blood for transfusions. By the 20th century, surgeons were attempting transplants of organs from baboons into humans, notably Baby Faye, a dying infant who lived 21 days with a baboon heart. With no lasting success and much public uproar, scientists turned from primates to pigs, tinkering with their genes to bridge the species gap. Pigs have advantages over monkeys and apes. They're produced for food, so using them for organs raises fewer ethical concerns. Pigs have large litters, short gestation periods, and organs comparable to humans. Pig heart valves also have been used successfully for decades in humans. The blood thinner heparin is derived from pig intestines, pig skin grafts are used on burns, and Chinese surgeons have used pig corneas to restore sight, end quote. And there are no plans to stop just with kidneys. Eventually, the list could include other organs like hearts, lungs, and livers. And the New York Times notes that there are over 100,000 Americans currently on transplant waiting lists and that 12 people die on waiting lists every single day. There's also the half a million Americans with kidney failure who rely on dialysis to survive, and the only reason that they don't qualify for a transplant is due to the shortage of organs. So as uncomfortable as this idea may be at first, it could save so, so many, well, human at least, lives. Make sure you look up at the sky tonight and tomorrow, because the Hunter's Moon and Orionid meteor shower will be on full display. Well, actually, the bright Hunter's Moon might make most of the meteor shower invisible to the naked eye, which is kind of ironic since Orion is the hunter and his namesake meteors will be washed out by the Hunter's Moon. Quoting Space.com, the meteors that streak across the sky are some of the fastest among meteor showers because the Earth is hitting a stream of particles almost head-on. The particles come from Comet 1P halley better known as Halley's Comet. The famous comet swings by Earth every 75 to 76 years, and as the icy comet makes its way around the Sun, it leaves behind a trail of comet crumbs. At certain times of the year, Earth's orbit around the Sun crosses paths with the debris. In October, Orion is best visible around 2 a.m. local time. NASA meteor expert Bill Cook told Space.com that the best time to see the meteors is around that time on October 20th. If you miss the peak, the shower will remain active until late October as long as the moon isn't washing the meteors out. Sometimes the Orionid meteor shower produces spectacular displays of up to 80 meteors an hour, but in recent years it has produced more modest displays of about 20 or 30 visible meteors per hour. Orionid meteors are visible from anywhere on Earth and can be seen anywhere across the sky. If you find the shape of Orion the Hunter, the meteor shower's radiant, or point of origin, will be near Orion's sword, slightly north of his left shoulder, the star Betelgeuse. But don't stare straight at this spot, Cook says, because meteors close to the radiant have short trails and are harder to see, so you actually want to look away from Orion. End quote. Cook advises getting away from light pollution and giving your eyes about 20 minutes to adjust to the dark, so no phones. And don't bother with binoculars or telescopes because those are designed to see more stationary objects. They won't help with meteors. All that said, Cook also told Space.com, quote, The Orionids are going to, frankly, suck this year. The moon will be up all night from sunset to sunrise, end quote. And the full moon that is stinking up the Orionids this year, the Hunter's Moon, will be its fullest around 11pm tonight and tomorrow night. Now the good news is, while the Hunter's Moon might make the sky too light to really see the Orionids at their peak this week, they will continue throughout October, even-ish until November 7th, so you can try again another night, or more accurately, very early in the morning. Well, you might have seen the headlines Facebook is planning to change its name because, according to a number of sites like Gizmodo, its brand is absolutely toxic. The official line, however, is that the name change is in order to reflect the company's growing focus on the metaverse. That's what it wants to be known for, not the social networking platform that gave the company its start. Because to be clear, the platform will still be called Facebook, I believe. It's just the larger parent company that also owns Instagram and WhatsApp, etc. that will be changing its name. Now, I could be totally eating my words in a few years, but the metaverse, as helmed by Facebook, sounds absolutely terrible to me. And, like, it kind of has all the markings of a failed project, especially when they're putting this many eggs in the basket for it. Like, imagine if Google renamed their entire company Google Plus back in 2011. Again, I could be wrong, but regardless, the official company name change is set to be announced at the company's annual conference on October 28th, so watch this space. Meanwhile, over on Twitch, Apple TV Plus partnered with a number of Twitch streamers for a marketing stunt in which a bunch of them separately appeared to get nosebleeds while streaming, and then that was followed by a weird glitch taking over their feeds, and then their streams kept going with the streamer gone, but their whole setup kinda still there for a few minutes as more glitches and weird symbols appeared on the screen. The 16 streamers that this happened to kept the jig up by posting on other social media platforms and remaining logged off of Twitch. After four hours, it was finally revealed that the whole thing was a stunt for the upcoming Apple TV Plus show, Invasion, which follows several different people's stories during an alien invasion pretty cool way to do almost like a virtual flash mob and tie in some details of a show that I admittedly had never heard about before this, so they got my attention. You can watch a supercut of the stunt in the ad week link in the show notes. But that is it from me for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and katki.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.